Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Portable Pastor Podcast. This is Mike Stafford, that Portable Pastor, and I'm so excited to be back with you today. It's been about three weeks since I recorded the teaching, took some vacation, had some holiday stuff. Some other guys are preaching to church, and so I just took a, a good break, but I'm back at it today, ready to bring you another teaching from Matthew chapter 7. It's a beautiful day here in Clover. It's a low 30s, upper 20s. Man, it's brisk this morning, and you may hear some construction sounds in the background where working on our on our facility this morning and so I just got to bring you this teaching though from Matthew chapter 7. You know in a lot of churches today, in a lot of churches people are just being duped. They're being duped. They're being indoctrinated by by some cunning schemes of the devil. <laughs> no doubt. Evil people are seeking to grasp what this world has to offer and they've entered into the church to do so. There's men and there's women, some even at this very moment, they're teaching some of the same old lies, the same old lies, works-based salvation. Do more good things than, than bad. Earn your way. You, you can be good enough. Don't mess up at the last minute or, or you're out. They're just teaching that. They're teaching idolatry. You know, pray to these saints, these apostles, pray to the Holy Mary, bow before this statue, light this candle, say this mantra, and you can be saved. It's idolatry. And they're, some are even teaching hyper grace. You know, there's false teachers out there. They'll, they'll, they're quick to preach God's love. They'll preach his grace without ever mentioning hell or the wrath of God. There's, there's no need to fight your sin. Just, just trust in the grace of God, they would say. And so some people are teaching those same old lies, but some are teaching newer lies. Wokeism's being taught today. Wokeism focuses on saving not individuals, but society from, from, you know, you have to be aware that injustice is present in society. And so ending racism and exclusion and, and equality, they're, they're more important than, than simply submitting to Jesus. The biggest problem in culture, not the responsibility of the people who make up that culture, is what wokeism tries to, tries to fix. Some people are teaching Christian liberalism. You know, that's man's ability to, to reason you know, to reason himself into, into salvation. Personal knowledge is, is king. It is treated as the, the final authority. These, these teachers seek to marry Christianity with, with science, with secular science, with modern thinking. They, they see the Bible as, as moral fables on the same level as Aesop when he wrote his fables. Man's wisdom is what will decide truth and determine fate. That's what's being taught. Universalism is being taught. All gods are the same. All roads lead to heaven. It's being taught today that everyone will be saved. There's no hell. They teach that God will not punish sin, and that, or, or at least that Jesus' death covers everyone. There's false prophets today teaching mysticism. Christians, Christians can experience God. They can, they can experience Him more deeply by finding the hidden truths of the Bible, you know, spiritual experience in, in those teachings, you know, dreams are key and the Bible is code and, and there's a hyper spirituality there. You know, Christian mysticism, it, it elevates, it elevates knowledge. 
And that knowledge is gained by not God's word, but by spiritual experience. It revels in the fantastical and, and the mysterious. And it, 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 a lot of times it ignores obvious truth, obvious truth. And it seeks that, that secret knowledge. So some are standing before their followers, followers this morning and they're teaching the necessity of the social gospel. You know, we must fix society's problems through policies and, and programs by, well, they want to apply Christian principles to social problems and personal sin isn't the issue in their eyes. So evangelism is secondary to repairing society. There's some teaching prosperity theology, a theology that thinks that God can be used for personal gain, for personal benefit. The Holy Spirit is a tool that a Christian can use and not not God. He's not God who helps us to carry out his will. So their doxologies are name and claim it and believe it and receive it. <laughs> that's that's their religion. But there's a new one. There's the newest one, the New Apostolic Reformation or NAR. It's a it's a brand new movement, and it combines elements of, of a lot of these in these in this this most unbiblical religious movement. Notquestions.com describes NAR this way. It emphasizes experience over scripture, mysticism over doctrine, and modern day apostles over the plain text of the Bible. Of particular distinction in the new apostolic reformation is the role and the power of spiritual leaders and miracle workers, the reception of new revelations from God, oh, and overemphasis on spiritual warfare and a pursuit of cultural and political control in society. I'm going to tell you right now, that sounds like the new world order. That sounds like it's ushering in, ushering in a time when, when the Antichrist will be able to rule. It's a combination of, of a lot of devilish lies and human, human sinful desires. And there's a lot of more things. There's a lot more things being taught there today, being, being delivered by false prophets. Today, I want to I examine what Jesus is, is teaching in this section of the Sermon on the Mount concerning false teachers, false prophets. So turn with me back to Matthew chapter 7 verses 15 through 20. If you're if you're driving just listen. We'll um we'll do that reading for you, okay? So while you're turning there, let's let's define what a what a prophet is. What is a prophet? Well, a prophet number 1 is a person who speaks God's truth to others. He he's a teacher, he's a he's a preacher. He just tells God's truth. There were prophets who helped start the church back in the New Testament. Ephesians 2:20 tells us that the church was built on the the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So it's a person who speaks truth to others. We would call them a teacher or a preacher today. But secondly, a prophet is a person who can warn others about future events. More like a, a seer, I guess. John was prophesying when he shared revelation. Malachi was prophesying when he talked about the coming Messiah. Isaiah, he was an example of both, of someone who speaks God's truth and warns about future events. He spoke about the corruption of the day, but he was also given instructions to share with Israel about the future. And so that's what a prophet is. Someone who speaks God's truth and someone who might be able to share you know, warn others about future events. Well, you know, you might ask, well, are there are there prophets today? Well, yeah, according to that, that definition, there there are. But there, of course, we would say there are because number one, it's it's still a gift that the Holy Spirit gives to people for the church. We call them 
you know, pastors or elders or teachers. And we have gifted teachers in the church today. We're, we're blessed with wise Christians who know the scriptures and they teach us the commands of the Lord and they warn us about future consequences of sin and bad choices. The prophets are, are still being used by God today. But the second reason we know they're still prophets today is that Jesus said false prophets would come in the end times. There, there's so many false teachers today. There always have been, but it just seems like they've taken the limelight today. There's so many false seers today. And these false prophets, these, these false teachers, false preachers, they're leading people away from the truth that will, that will save them and seal them for eternity. Now, we're aware of the, the blatantly obvious ones, right? You know, the Jim Jones of this world. You remember Jim Jones? He was that, that guy. He, he was a believer, you know, in something. <laughs> but he started the People's Temple in California in the 1960s. He, he was so focused on, on the socialist politics of the day, racial equality of the day, that, that he moved away from Scripture. And he bought a, a huge chunk of land down in South America. I think it was Guyana. Guyana. And, and he moved a, a large number of his church there. And it was horrible, horrible living conditions there. And so the, a congressman from California wanted to check in on the people that left from his district to go and follow. So he went and investigated. And when Jones heard that, he ordered his, con his congregation to to drink the, the poison Kool-Aid, right? 909 people died under his watch that day. So we know that. And we heard about David Koresh. Remember David Koresh? He was a member of the Branch Davidians. That's, that was one of the, the spinoffs of the Seventh-day Adventist. And, and he was settled in, in Waco, Texas. And he claimed to be a prophet too. And he demanded that God would give him 160 wives. <laughs> Turns out he, he was an abuser. He was a child molester. He was a rapist. 76 people died by fire and gunshot in one day under, under his watch. So those are obvious ones, but there are others. And they're teaching false doctrine and giving false hope to people who are unknowingly drinking their Kool-Aid. Their Kool-Aid's laced with false doctrine. And, and, and people will die without true salvation if they drink that. I read an article by a blogger named Tim Chalice, I hope I'm saying this right, it might be Chalice, on Chalice.com that identified seven kinds of false prophets in the church today. He said there are charlatans. You know, a charlatan is a person who uses, who, who, who will use Christianity as a, a way to get rich, you know, as, as a personal en enrichment. He said there are heretics today. Heretic is the one who teaches something that's blatantly contradictory to the essential teachings of Christ, of the, of the Christian faith. He said there are prophets, but they're false prophets. And the prophets claim to be gifted by God to speak, you know, new revelations, fresh revelations outside of Scripture. And they, they bring new authoritative words of, of, of prediction and teaching and encouragement, even rebuke. And then there's the abusers. They abuse their positions of leadership. They take advantage of other people. There's the divider. They teach false doctrines simply to disrupt and destroy a church. Then there's the ticklers. The ticklers are those false teachers who they don't they don't care about what God wants or what God's truth is. They just want to to please men, right? They want to give men everything they want. 
And then finally, he says there's a false prophet in the church that's a speculator. You know, a speculator is one who's, who, who starts new things. You know, they like novelty. They like originality and, and speculation. And so they're also false teachers in the church. Now, Tim says that false prophets are the most, are, are, are the most famous spiritual leaders today. And this is what he says in his blog, and I have to agree wholeheartedly. Listen to what he says. Satan's greatest ambassadors, Satan's greatest ambassadors are not pimps, they're not politicians or power brokers, but they're pastors. His priests do not peddle a different religion, but a deadly perversion of the true one. His troops do not make a full-out frontal assault, but work as agents sneaking in to the opposing army. Satan's tactics are studied. And they're clever and predictable and they're just effective. Therefore, we must always remain vigilant. Man, I, I agree with that so much. Well, how, how can we be vigilant? How can we be vigilant? John MacArthur gives some insight into spotting them. You've got to spot them first. And, and he wrote in his New Testament commentary concerning this passage today, false prophets talk much about the love of God, but nothing of his holiness. Much about people who are deprived, but nothing about people who are depraved. Much about God's universal fatherhood and, and every, of every human being, but nothing about his unique fatherhood only to those who are his children through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. They talk much about what God will give to us, but nothing about obedience to him. Much about health and happiness, but nothing about holiness and sacrifice. So yeah, false prophets... False teachers, man, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. We have to be on our toes. We have to be vigilant. By the way, if you're a member of, of the church where I'm a, a pastor, I'm, I'm finding that this is a very good reason to include uh, elders in this local body. So pray for our elder research group as we're examining whether or not it would be beneficial for our church to, to, um, to use elders to protect us from false teaching. If you would pray for that. But today, for everyone, let me just give you this. I want to give you four examinations for determining a true or a false gospel. And each of this is each of these is a scriptural test, okay, and will help us to identify these people. Number one, there is a divine connection. True prophets will confess that Jesus is divine. They're going to. I mean, that's what 1 John 4 is all about. When you read verses 1 through 3, it says, Beloved, do not believe in every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard, from, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So Jesus, Jesus is God. He was God in the flesh. He is God. He is the fullness of God in human form. That's what the Bible teaches. And true prophets confess that Jesus is divine. But false prophets will always they'll, they'll detract. They'll detract from the divinity of Jesus. First John two twenty two says, "Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ." This is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. You see, a, a false prophet will always add to or diminish the person of Jesus. Jesus cannot be seen as sufficient for salvation in order for their lives to be, you know, 
to be understood and accepted. So false prophets will always detract from the divinity of Jesus. The second examination to determine whether a prophet is of God or not is a scriptural affirmation. True prophets affirm all the scriptures. That's what 1 Corinthians 14.37 is about. If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. Look, if someone does not teach the inerrant, infallible word of God, their teaching is to be ignored. Plain and simple, true prophets affirm all the scriptures. Whereas false prophets, they're going to oppose some scriptures. They have to. They have to get their point across. 1 John 4, 6, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. Their writings, right? By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. He said you can di differentiate between the two if there is a, a, um, you know, a support put on the scriptures. God had men write these letters on purpose. We're not, we're not allowed to pick and choose what we'll adhere to, but some will ignore, they'll ignore some passages because it conflicts with their teachings, their beliefs, and we must ignore such people. A third test for the validity of a prophet, a teacher, or you know, a preacher is the gospel corroboration. Gospel corroboration. True prophets hold to the, the biblical definition of the gospel. True prophets hold to the biblical definition of the gospel. And what is that biblical definition? What's found in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. This is what he's writing. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. The one true gospel is what the Bible says it is. Jesus died for our sins, he was buried, he rose again, and he, he appeared to many as proof. But false prophets, they're going to distort the gospel. They're going to distort the gospel. They don't want all that information shared. They don't want people to know that there was over 500 people who saw the risen Christ who died telling that story. See, Galatians 1, 6-9 says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is a, not that there's another one, but that there are some are who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Wow. Any change in the simple biblical gospels of the devil. It's of the devil. Ignore people who would tell you to put their trust in any other, any other news than the good news of the biblical gospel. And one last test for determining the validity of a prophet is fruit inspection. And this is kind of where we're going to uh, look at Jesus' teaching today. See, true prophets, they're, they're going to produce spiritual fruit. They're going to. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 said, Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. 
You see, he said, watch their actions. You got to know them. You got to examine their lives. Godly prophets, godly teachers and preachers will practice what they preach. They will try to hold on to the commandments of Christ. They will try to walk the straight and narrow path. That's what we looked at last last week. That's what the Bible describes. True prophets will produce spiritual fruit aligning with the scriptures, but false prophets, false prophets will embrace and, and exhibit sin, maybe secretly, but they're going to do that. That's why Jude wrote in verses 11 through 13, Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. He's talking about false prophets. These were hidden reefs at your love feast as they as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding only themselves, their waterless crowds swept along by the winds, fruitless trees in late autumns, twice dead, uprooted. They are wild waves of the sea, casting on the foam of their shame. They're wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. He compares them to Canaan's pride, to Balaam's greed, to Korah's rebellion. And, and Jews comparing them to these false prophets in his time. They will always have ulterior motives. They're always going to have this unrepentant, unfault sin Unfault sin in their lives. Those are those are the tests to determine the validity of a prophet. Now allow me just a few more minutes to present you with one last teaching. How do you guard yourself against false prophets? And this is today's passage. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Jesus is teaching his disciples on the Sermon on the Mount, and he gives them this teaching. Now listen. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their truths. By their fruits, I'm sorry, by their fruits. What does Jesus say? He says, expect their arrival. Beware those false prophets. They're going to come. Jesus inferred that they are here. There's no possibility of them not showing up because there are sinful people in the world who want the things of the world. They are going to come. Expect their arrival. But Jesus said, detect their intentions. Jesus describes them as ravenous wolves. We know wolves, they're wild creatures. They're looking for something to kill and eat. These false teachers want to divide and conquer a church for no other reason than to destroy it and consume its resources. That's it. They only want to be fed and add to their possessions. And when the resources dry up, they go on the prowl again for another gravy train. You have to detect their intentions. But you also have to inspect their fruit. All their fruit, all their work, all their lifestyle is what they do glorifying to God. Do or do do they struggle to fight personal sin? Do they do they consistently embrace it? Does their message match their actions? See, you got to know them. You got to know them well. If you're going to listen to them, if you're going to value what they say and take their teaching to heart, you better know them today. You better inspect their fruit. And finally, he says, disconnect from their work. 
If they've shown up and you've detected some evil intentions and seen consistent bad fruit with little remorse, then you must disconnect from them. They're going to be burned up. That's what the scripture says. They're going to be burned up. And you don't want to get caught up in that wrath. Disconnect from them. Stop listening to them if they will not repent and prophesy rightly. Disconnect from their work. Let me close with this. The best way to guard yourself against the message of a false prophet is to know the truth. Know the truth. Well, what's the truth? Well, Jesus is the truth. He said that in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have to know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Not know about him. Do you know him? Is, is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Is he the ruler of your life? Is he the one that saved you from your sin? You see, Jesus is the truth that will save you from your sin. You must have an ongoing relationship with him. And, and and know this, the Bible tells the truth of God. The Bible tells the truth of God. Acts 20, 29-32 says this, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men twisting things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that after three years, I did not cease night and day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. He says, I commend you to God and I commend you to his word. We must read and know the Bible. If you want to be able to spot falsehood, you have to know the truth. You got to read the Bible. Do what you can to keep it going into your brain. Commit to Bible study, to Bible study groups, to Bible study techniques. This will help you fight against false doctrine and false prophets. Well, I hope that's a blessing to you. I hope that's an encouragement to you and a warning to you that we have to be careful who we're listening to. And so scrutinize your teachers. Scrutinize your pastors and preachers. Scrutinize the prophets, those who call themselves prophets, and see if they're true and stick to the truth of God's word. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the teaching from your word. And I ask that you would apply it to our hearts so that we can protect ourselves from the things that are false, those sneaky little schemes of the devil to separate us from you. And we know that's an impossibility. They can't be separated. We can't be separated from your love, but we can be separated from the truth. God, I'm asking you to help us to stay firm, stay a hold and secure in the truth of you and your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, hope you have a great day. I'll come back with another teaching next week. And remember that if you're walking with God, if you are step for step with God, he is very much pro you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.